course, there's very, very little I can say right now. I have to analyze this. Obviously, possibly we'll move for a new trial. Certainly we'll appeal. The absurdity of the number merely underscores the absurdity of the entire proceeding where I've not been allowed to offer one single piece of evidence in defense, of which I have a lot. So I am quite confident when this case gets before a fair tribunal, it'll be reversed so quickly, it'll make your head spin, and the absurd number that just came in will help that, actually. Why did you choose not right, to testify today? I want to be fair. We got to be fair tribunal. Why do you think it was unfair? Because go I cannot go into the details. I didn't testify because the judge made it clear that if I made any mistake or did anything wrong, she was considering contempt. And this judge does have a reputation for putting people in jail. And I thought, honestly... It wouldn't do any good. Do you still believe that what you said about these two women and the way that the 2020 election was truthful? Do you still believe these claims? I have no doubt. I have no doubt that my comments were made and they were supportable and are supportable today. Still. I just did not have an opportunity to present the evidence that we offered. Did you notice we were not allowed to put in one piece of evidence in defense? Do you also realize that liability is not based on any trial? Liability is based on her disagreement with me on discovery, which so is, a, which is absurd. Because I believe the judge was threatening me with the strong possibility that I'd be held in contempt or that I'd even be put in jail. Did so it, it, didn't seem, it didn't seem like it was going to do much to persuade anybody. And it could uh, give her what she seem to be threatening. Did you believe the women's testimony? Do you have any regrets about That's all I have to say. I have, I have. Do you have any regrets about some of the comments that you were receiving? I will, I will. Shh, shh, Do you have any regrets about some of the comments that the women received? Well, of course, the comments they received I had nothing to do with. Those comments are abominable, they're deplorable. No defense to it, but I receive comments like that every day. Uh, different kinds of things. Uh, I've represented clients who have gotten that from the other side. This is a terrible part of our political system. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, and conservatives all get that. Uh, my comments weren't that. And I think that was also a very unfair part of it because my comments had no connection at all to those. There were thousands of things on the pre in the press about this, of which mine were a small amount. There's no way to say that my comments connected to that, but that's going to be part of what we'll get to litigate in a fair court. Thank you. Is that behavior Thank you, that everybody. You officially condemn, sir? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, uh, the lead story today. Uh, by the way, it's Saturday, 16 December, Year of Lord 2023. We're both live in AmFest with the team, also in the nation's capital. We'll be shifting the flag here in a little while out to Amfest in Greater Phoenix. I want to thank uh, Natalie, uh, Jane, and uh, Captain Bannon for holding down the, the the lead story everywhere. Giuliani must pay massive fine. Giuliani, this his uh, the beloved New York Times, which I know is one of Rudy's uh, favorite reads, has uh, got it as the uh, as the uh, one of the lead stories. Rudy Giuliani finds price of lying is one hundred and forty eight million dollars. MSNBC and CNN. Literally since this went down here, say about 5 o'clock, I've been in a nonstop beatdown on America's mayor. America's mayor, we were going to try to get Rudy in studio today, but with logistics and travel, we've got Rudy by uh, by Skype. 
Uh, Mayor Giuliani, first off, thank you, thank you for, uh, thank you for being here. How are you, how are you doing, first off? I'm doing fine, Steve. I expected it, of course. Uh, I expected at the moment the case was brought in D.C. rather than in Georgia. The case was brought by a, uh, an associate of, uh, of Hunter Biden and a person who represented Burisma, the crooked uh, uh, oil company that paid the bribes uh, to the Bidens. So it was obviously a Biden case. These two so-called poor women had about a $10 million legal Oh, okay, hang, hang on, hang on. Let me let me, st- hang on. let me stipulate. Let me let's stipulate before we get rolling. The reason I want to do this, this kind of came as a shock to most of your huge fan base on War Room, and quite frankly, even the War Room. I, we have not followed this in the level of detail we've been following on the president. So I want to stipulate. I don't want. I want to make sure that we're not going to get you in more trouble, or you're not going to get yourself not- in more trouble, or maybe you're not in trouble. And you're going to tell us that. So, so Gottlieb is the lawyer. So just tell us, how, how did this happen? How did it get to federal court? It, it seems like, and we're hearing this from me, you're looking at, you didn't put on a defense. Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere. It looks like the jury, I don't know if didn't find you guilty because they didn't even put you guilty, but they came in with this huge thing. It's, this is very confusing. So I think the first thing we need to confusing. do is have you break it down and, and to just, well, tell us what's going on because $148 million is a lot of a lot of cash, um, and and so I think people are quite. Your fan base is worried about you, Rudy. I just want to make sure everybody wants to make sure you're doing okay, and sure. that this thing is going to get to a positive conclusion. And whatever we do, let's not bury ourselves. Let's not let don't have don't bury yourself anymore if that's even a possibility. Go ahead. Well, I don't know what the last one means, but I can tell you that this is an absurd verdict of 148 million. And the case was even more absurd than the verdict, because it wasn't a case that anybody would recognize uh, who's an American or English lawyer. Uh, I never put on a defense. I was never allowed to put on a defense. Uh, the judge found me guilty, libel, based on failure to turn over several documents after turning over thousands none of which have a bearing on liability, but maybe on the ability to pay. Uh, I've never heard of a case like that where a judge finds liability based on the failure to turn over tangentially relevant documents, but that's who the judge is. The judge is uh, Beryl Howell. She was the chief judge. She's the judge who intervened because she felt the January 6th defendants weren't getting enough time in jail, which was unethical. Uh, unusual and displayed a great bias. She's made comments making it clear that she considers Donald Trump and those around him a danger to the republic, including me. Uh, recently, she made a, uh, a speech right in the middle of this case, I think, or right shortly before, betraying her biases. And while throughout the case, she didn't conduct a trial, she conducted an inquisition. Uh, to to cut out every defense that I had. First, I couldn't defend myself on whether I had committed libel or not. Wasn't allowed to put in the videotapes of them doing what I said they did, which I could have demonstrated to the jury. I couldn't call witnesses who would support what I said. I couldn't put documents on and reports from credible sources that said that fraud took place there. How am I gonna defend myself? Then. She decides we're going to have a trial just on damages. So once again, I want to put these things in to show that I didn't damage them. 
I put in no evidence. I wasn't allowed to. And when I said I would take the stand, she said to be very careful because she had already ruled that I was uh, lying based on documents I didn't turn over that she never saw and that she could hold me in contempt. And I know she has a propensity to put Trump people in jail, even for longer periods of time than the uh, prosecutors recommend. And she was sending me a clear signal that if she didn't agree with what I said, I might very well go into jail. I mean, perjury uh, to her is the truth to me because she's turned the world around. And, and never, never, never did any of those jurors see a single piece of evidence that many Americans have seen about how these women acted that would have been totally contrary to, the, to, to their unrebutted, uncorroborated uh, testimony. It's, it's a sh sham of a trial. There's no court in America that wasn't a Trump deranged court uh, that wouldn't reverse it immediately. No matter who the person was, you can't convict somebody without any evidence. I want to go back over that because the media is sitting there going, you, 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 you talked a big game, you had all this evidence, and then you never presented it, and you said you were going to be a wit you said you were going to uh, be a witness in your own defense, you didn't do that. But I just want to make sure the audience understands, Judge Beryl Howe is the judge, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Elise Stefanik uh, put a uh, ethics complaint in yesterday about her because of, I guess a speech she gave or a talk she gave at some group. Um, where she said some comments, um, I guess, about J6 and other things that uh, Lisa Stefanik thought were inappropriate. So she's filed an ethics complaint on her. Judge Howe's also the one that Julie Kelly comes on all the time, who's done the most thorough job on the J6 and, and goes over all the details of why she thinks she's being uh, out of line as a judge. So, so Rudy, just explain simply for people that are not lawyers, how does a judge, a, a sitting federal judge, not allow someone to put on a defense uh, and be able to provide all the evidence that's relevant in a trial where someone says you defamed them. Why, why, you, why could you not show, why did she not allow you to show that evidence that you believe shows that you didn't defame them? Because, uh, well, in the first place, uh, she did it uh, because she said I didn't give them certain documents on my current financial situation, which, of course, have nothing to do with whether I defamed or not. From the fact that I wouldn't turn over documents about my current situation or failed to, it doesn't show that I defamed them. Uh, for something as serious as that, I mean, for something like that, you give a penalty, a fine, an order. You don't just quickly grab an entire case and say the person's guilty. Second, when we got to damages and I came into court and the press said, oh, well, hang, hang on, let's hold on, hang on, hold, 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 hang on, let's not get to damages. In the discovery, did you actually turn over documents? I, I sat for a deposition for five hours. Didn't take the Fifth Amendment, answered every one of their questions. I gave them every document that was relevant to what they did and what I saw. Uh, they they have all the documents that people have seen on, on television of them uh, counting ballots and the manner in which they were counting ballots, which is as clear as as, as it can get. They had all that. Okay. It was all hang, excluded. Hang, so hang on. You, you, hang on. You gave a five-hour deposition, and that was all allowed in as evidence, and you gave, no, you gave every document they requested. 
you, you I gave, gave every document, every document they, they requested. Except for except for your current financial condition, is that it? Yeah, and part of it was because of confusion. The FBI seized my documents, and I got back certain ones. I didn't get back other ones, and I was sorting through them to try to figure out which ones were still available. Some of the documents I'm penalized for, I never got back from the FBI, but she didn't bother to listen to that. But uh, what I can assure you is none of them had to do with whether I did it or not. Everything about whether I did it or not was kept out because it would prove that I didn't. But she then she did it again. So when I came in the other day and said, I'm going to tell the whole story, I was going to tell the whole story to reduce damages. I was going to put in the tapes. I was going to put in the reports. I was going to put in the eyewitnesses. I was going to put in some of the additional tapes that we have and new evidence that we have. They made a motion, the defense did, to hold me in contempt for that because I contradicted her ruling. And they made a motion in limine, that means to limit me, and she ruled that I could do none of that. And that if I did, I'd be held in contempt. Hold, hold. Hang, hang on, this is where, hang on a second, slow down, for non-lawyers. That's a little confusing. They put in, they put in a, they put in, um, they said if you presented the evidence that you have, that you relied upon, that showed you didn't defame them, they had, a, the, they, their lawyers came forward and said you should be held in contempt if you put that in. And do I understand that correctly? Yes, I would be violating her ruling that I had lied. If I did anything to contradict her ruling that I lied, either in the testimony that I gave or in the documents that I put in, I would be held in contempt. So she excluded all the documents that I was going to put in. She excluded every other piece of evidence that I was going to put in. She excluded my lawyer from cross-examining on that. And uh, she told me, she gave me uh, advice on whether to testify or not. And told me she didn't think I should testify because I would expose myself to perjury. And that she uh, really regretted uh, uh, not ha having held me in contempt before. She also told me at another point she didn't like me. This was not a trial. Okay, Rudy, hang on for yeah, hang, hang on for a second. I want to get into uh, so the the question I asked the question I asked you for the break and to think about why did a judge rule that you were lying? I think the audience has to understand that, or at least I do, because I still don't understand it. But anyway, we're going to take a short commercial break. America's mayor Rudy Giuliani just had in a federal court a uh, one hundred and forty-eight million dollar, I guess, awarded. To the defense, uh, to um, what Ruby Freeman and her daughter. You can't handle the truth. The truth is, the clowns running this joint live for chaos. Many of our problems as a country could be solved overnight, but the establishment lets them be. Destruction fuels them. If you can handle that truth, you need to visit mypatriotsupply.com. You'll get $60 off a much-needed four-week emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. The country's largest preparedness company, My Patriot Supply, is your fighting chance at survival. Sealed inside rugged packaging, these delicious meals last up to 25 years and provide over 2,000 calories daily. That's 2,000 calories daily. Eat right in emergencies with this four-week food kit from My Patriot Supply. At this low price, 
You can get one for every person in your family. Visit MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. for free shipping same day. That's order by 3 p.m. for free same-day shipping. Prepare right now at MyPatriotSupply.com before total chaos ensues. Action, action, action. Use your agency. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Now you know why we fought the, the, the FISA. You know, remember, we're supposed to be authoritarians, but we're fighting for American civil liberties. We don't want the government to be able to surveil uh, American citizens. And that includes when President Trump comes back and takes the presidency. This is why he fought FISA so hard. Up until then, go to Silent, S-L-N-T.com, Silent.com. Uh, they get the best Faraday bags. They got these great backpacks. It's all state-of-the-art. You put your you put your iPad, your computer, your phones in there. Guess what? Nobody can listen to you. Not your mother, not the government, not the CCP, not just random bad guys. This is what you need. You need these Faraday bags. These are the super backpacks from the leading company in the business. SLNT.com. Silent. Make sure the government or any other uh, untoward characters uh, can listen to your conversations or get into your computer. Go check it out today. So, Rudy... I got to spend some more time with you off air because I, I, I'm, I'll be blunt. I'm more confused now than when we started. And, uh, I mean, it's hard enough to think through the Trump stuff because they're coming at him every different direction. But this thing kind of came out of nowhere. You just got to help me explain. Just explain to me. How does a judge rule that you're lying? And I want to know what she ruled that on. And then that rolls into that. She uses that or that's a predicate that. You're not trustworthy enough, I guess, to even get on a stand and, and give testimony. So, therefore, you never present a case. Because I think your followers and your fans are sitting there going, Rudy had all this evidence. Why, did, why didn't he? And the media is just crushing you on this. Why didn't he present his case if he's got this evidence? And why didn't he take the stand in his own defense? So, so expl- we got a couple of minutes to explain that one to me because I'm more confused than ever, brother. I, I, hope, I hope that I uh, explained it. But let me try again. The, rea- the reality is that she did not find me liable based on any evidence because there was no evidence. Not having produced the discovery she thought I should produce, none of which had anything to do with liability, nothing had nothing to do with whether I did something right or wrong, but how much money I would owe if I did. And a lot of it was because of the FBI having seized my documents and then finding me not guilty. Uh, second, when we came to the trial on damages, she wouldn't allow me to put in any of the evidence with regard to what I would say was my innocence, because that would contradict her ruling and be contempt. And then she cut my lawyer off in any questions on cross-examination as being outside the scope of the case. And she warned me in a little speech that she gave that if I got on the witness stand, and I testified the way I spoke out of court about uh, being innocent and what I could prove, uh, she would be required to hold me in contempt. And that means going to jail. Uh, Given the fact that I would not have been able to get anything in, I know she puts people in jail. She did a heck of a job with the J6 people, kind of bloodthirsty. Uh, She was the one who urged that they weren't going to jail for long enough periods of time I had no doubt that she would uh, do that. 
And I had no doubt that she found me guilty the day the case was assigned to her. The woman has no ability to be objective at all in any case involving Donald Trump. She is a travesty to a court that's becoming a travesty. And I'm glad this happened because maybe it'll get attention for the J6 cases where people were treated equally like it's a yeah. Nazi court but, but, without, but, yeah. uh, without but, any kind of hang, hang, Yeah, but, hang, but hang, hang on a second. Hang on. The J6 are the J6, and they got the, they're fighting. They got their own fights, and I know they, they're in a terrible situation. But I got to focus on you because this is uh, uh, could be a death now. Are you? And let's assume everything you said is accurate in the, in the timeline. How did this happen in the United States? What you're laying out is actually sounds worse than what's happening in Manhattan with the judge up there against President Trump in his financial situation. How did this happen in the United States of America? You've been one of the, you were the head of the Southern District of New York, the premier U.S. attorney group up there historically. They're out of control now also, but when you ran it, they weren't. How did this, if everything you say is true and all these rulings and the, and the process is true, how did this happen in the United States? And why is no one, why are no civil liberty groups, all these lawyer groups, where's Alan Dershowitz, where are all these guys screaming bloody murder about what happened to Rudy Giuliani? Well, maybe they don't know about it, uh, but a lot of them don't scream bloody murder. A lot of the civil liberties groups have become uh, anti-civil liberties. They support a fascist system of government. My goodness, people shouldn't be surprised. This isn't the first case where they started acting like a court in Nazi Germany. I mean, it's gone on for five or six years. That's what I defended Donald Trump against. I mean, every one of these cases has been conducted on principles that violate our Constitution. They trashed our Constitution uh, the moment they put in a uh, put in a, uh, a surveillance of my uh, iCloud account the day I represented Donald Trump and kept it for three years without telling me and won't give me the warrant that supports it, even though they found no evidence of the crime. So uh, this has been going on, I believe, since Holder and Obama. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And because we ignore it, they become bold. This judge happens to be one of the worst. Uh, is she worse than the judge in New York? Uh, I don't know. But her rulings are absurd. I mean, they, they don't even fit anything arguably legal. You can't, based on dispute over discovery, you can't hold somebody liable of a major offense without putting any evidence of that offense or giving them even one chance to, to, to refute it when they have incontrovertible evidence that it's true. Uh, Rudy, just quickly, wh wh where, what's your status? Are you going to try for a retrial in a different location or the different judge? Are you going to try to appeal this? Just walk people through the process. Well, we're going to try to appeal it. I mean, another interesting thing is this case should have been brought in Georgia. It was brought in D.C. to get it before the most anti-Trump, set of jurors and judges in the world. I mean, if you're a lawyer, you will tell your client or malpractice comes about. If you're a Trump person, you're not getting a fair trial in the district of Columbia. Now, if you don't tell you, if you don't warn your client of that, I would say you're guilty of malpractice. Go check that with any lawyer who still has uh, a bit of common sense. So they took, they brought it in the worst court they could even worse than Georgia, where you might get lucky and get a fair judge. And then this judge went way off the rails. 
from the very, very beginning. Even the discovery, I was being discovered for other cases because these people are working for the Bidens, not for the, not for the, not for the women. They were asking me questions that had to do with Trump's liability, other people's liability. Basically, they wanted me to rat. You know, that, that's uh, what's going on. They offered me settlements, and I told them to go to hell. This was a uh, Rudy. stalking action uh, for Biden, and also to shut up the guy that's done the most damage to him. Remember, when he came into the campaign, he sent out a letter to the press to keep Giuliani off the media. He succeeded in doing that eventually with the hard drive. He, he defamed me, calling me a Russian pawn, which has proven to be 100% a lie by Biden and very damaging to me. It cost me, uh, cost me six, seven million dollars of law practice. So I'm hoping I'll get back from him any money I might need. But in any event, this is going to be thrown I, out. This, this, this award is so absurd. Even the amount of money, if you just look at the amount of money for the damages they're talking about, it's like a jury that a jury that was just inflamed by one side of the case and prohibited from hearing the other. That only happens in a fascist country. Wake up, America. Biden's America, where he's got control, those democratic cities, is a fascist country. Rudy, how do people get to you on the radio? Because this is something people are going to want to know more about, your writings. Where do they go for the podcast, the radio, your writings? Because this is something people are going to have to drill down on, make sure they get their heads around, uh, particularly in supporting you in appeals or retrial, everything like that. Where do people go? best way to get to me is RudolphGiulianiCS.com. That'll get you to my website. You can get to my radio show at wabcradio.com. I'll be on at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning with Dr. Maria Ryan. And then uh, every week, 3 to 4, wabcradio.com. And then at 8 o'clock, we've got a great show. We had almost a million people last night. I think we had a million. And that's and that you can get on Getter. You can get it on Twitter. T, uh, X, I'm sorry. You can get it on YouTube. And, and our audience is growing by leaps and bounds. And you can communicate with us. You just get on your phone and get it. Then you can see it the night after on Newsnight. Rudy, Godspeed. We'll check with you after the show's over. You've got, this audience has got your back, Rudy. Not just in your prayers, but uh, financially and uh, every other way. We'll somehow figure this out. Still, inc- I don't know about you. I'm still, I'm still con- totally confused, but... I'm sure I'll understand this eventually. I'm just confused. This thing doesn't make any sense. So anyway, we'll drill down on this. Uh, Ampfest, uh, Philip Patrick's going to join us next here. Another big development uh, by the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank, the Treasury Department, the fiat currency. They're coming for Trump probably more than the courts. We're going to break it all down for you and how it's going to affect your uh, affect your personal life. Philip Patrick's going to join us next. We're going to do the transition here with Modern Day Holy War. Lady O'Grady is actually at the Reawaken Tour right now in Tulare, California, and going to join uh, the group in uh, in uh, the Greater Phoenix area. Modern Day Holy War. Also, make sure go check out JaceMedical.com. Make sure the supply chains that the CCP own do not screw up your health. 
You'll understand it all. Go to jacemedical.com. Short commercial break. We're back in a moment in the war room on a Saturday in December. Clans just announced a huge holiday sale. Let me tell you why this is important. They're predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it in the first place. That's why I got EnviroClans here in the war room in the Breitbart Embassy. The new science in home air purification is EnviroClans. The reason I love it, it was approved by the Department of Defense for use on Navy combatants. And as you guys know, I used to be on a Navy combatants. Now they have a limited-time holiday sale. You'll save 30%. This is a one-time good deal. So why did I choose EnviroCleanse over all the others? Because EnviroCleanse is proven to capture and destroy cold and flu viruses over other purifiers. EnviroCleanse military-grade technology wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. This is why the Navy chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. Get EnviroCleanse for your home, the viruses will take care the virus will take down your family will be gone. Right now you'll save 30% during their holiday sale. Plus you get fast free shipping. I'll repeat that. Free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code Steve30 for 30% off. ekpure.com Steve30 for 30% off. That's ekpure.com code Steve30 ekpure.com take action use your agency make sure you get ahead of this before flu season hits do it today war room here's your host stephen k Bann. okay honored to have uh, philip patrick uh join us and philip thank you um for taking time away on your saturday to come on um you know, I, I've been telling people, you know, we've got the end of the dollar empire, the four installments we've done. Uh, I tell people all the time and we talk about macro. I'm not here to give personal financial advice. We do the macro and then tell people to go to you and your team over at birchgold.com slash Bannon to talk to an advisor. But one of the things we tell people to do when they're talking to you is about these converging forces that are they're converging, making the world more turbulent and gold has always been a hedge against turbulence for 5,000 years or more of man's recorded history. Boom, full stop. Now there's something else happening. And that's why I thank you for coming on today, because I want to take some time without the pressure of The Daily Show to go through this. <laughs> we talked about it last week. There's been some uh, I've talked about it with the guys at hedge funds and others are seeing it, seeing this rise in the stock market. Uh, a couple of the top newsletters that go to hedge funds, and I mean these are things that cost a hundred thousand bucks a year or two hundred thousand bucks a year, have broken down parts of it. We were on the show the other day and really went through it to the best of my ability because I am not a trader and I am not a capital markets guy. I know enough from my HBS experience and then Goldman Sachs M and A to basically understand the the basic nature of the capital markets. But this is something totally different. Zero Hedge then came out the day after we walked through this with other analysis and deeper charts. But I want you to explain to people how 
on everything that's going on in geopolitics, on, on the on, on world finance and the three hundred trillion dollars of debt and the kind of margin call we're having globally, that on top of all that, the central bank of the United States and the Treasury Department, Janet Yellen, remember Janet Yellen's already been head of the Fed. In fact, I don't know how many she may be the first, I don't know how many former heads of the Fed came back and were Treasury Secretary. She knows where all the pockets of capital are, are to infuse liquidity into the system. So walk us through not just the not just the converging forces that are driving gold up or making gold a an alternative for people that want to hedge their bets here, but these new added forces which are not driven by natural cycles. This is kind of unnatural what's happening, and it's all to stop Trump from returning to the White House, sir. Well, I mean, it's it's absolutely correct. And, and it was highlighted when we saw just a, a complete 180 or, or pivot from from the Fed. And on the back of that, we've seen economically sensitive assets rally. Right. As you mentioned, markets hit all time highs. Gold hit an all time high. And this was after the Fed essentially signaled that they were done raising interest rates and forecast potentially three rate cuts next year. Now, Powell's comments about Turning to rate cuts, I think, were in a way surprising. Let's not forget two weeks ago, he said it was too soon to speculate when lowering rates may be appropriate. And after all, let's look at the inflation numbers. Headline inflation is 50 percent over the Fed's target today. Core PCE, their preferred measure, a mere 75 percent against uh, above their alleged target. So in that respect, it's a big surprise. But on the other hand, it's not that surprising. Let's consider on Friday the 9th, uh, Biden gave a speech in Vegas where he said, and, and I quote, that the latest jobs report were in a sweet spot that's needed for stable growth and lower inflation, not encouraging the Fed to raise interest rates. Now, for a little bit of context, we got to understand 25% of the jobs added were government jobs. Now, I rather like Wyoming Senator John Barrasso's response uh, to that on the economy. He said, Joe, Joe Biden's message is just this. Don't believe your lying eyes. Right. American households are struggling and they have been for three years now. Now, I think people are asking themselves, does the Fed have some numbers that we don't? Right. What's driving this U-turn? And I think the best answer we have is Biden's poll numbers. There's nothing outside of that that could be driving it. Those poll numbers are looking really ugly, particularly in some key swing states. Now, we can always expect a little bit of extra government spending in the run up to election. That's not abnormal. But this year, Congress has upgraded from pork barrel spending to a fiscal slaughterhouse. They are churning out IOUs now at an industrial scale. Now, it might sound like an exaggeration, but we've got to look at some numbers. In just two months, October and November, government debt rose from $383 billion, um, or rose $383 billion, I should say. That's $47 billion more than the year before. Government revenues rose 19%, but spending has risen even more. We've racked up, as you know, a $1.7 trillion deficit. Now, this is during a period, and I think this is important, when Biden's telling us we have a booming economy, record-setting GDP, and full employment. But it just doesn't make any rational sense. When an economy is in great shape, we don't need World War II levels of deficit spending. 
So the logical question then becomes, what could possibly justify such a large surge in spending? And it's one thing. It's the opinion polls. This is an outright attempt to purchase another term in office and to do it with our own money. And he's not alone. I think this week we found out that Powell is complicit, right? He's signaling loud and clear to us that the Fed is willing to sacrifice the dollar's purchasing power in a desperate attempt to juice the economy just enough to convince voters that Bidenomics is is finally working so much for an independent Fed. This is Nixon and his bagman burns all over again. And by the way, when I say sacrifice the dollar, it's not an exaggeration. The dollar's down three and a half percent in the last 30 days. And this is in a period where pound sterling is up three percent. Why? Because Bank of England kept rates at 15-year highs. The euro's up three percent. Why? Because the European Central Bank left rates at record highs. So the UK and eurozone are uh, prioritizing sorry, long-term economic health over band-aid fixes, uh, fixes with crippling amounts of debt. Look, we've discussed this for a long time, but it's becoming clearer and clearer. The federal government is broken. Our elected leaders are clearly willing to burn the whole thing down, encumber our children and our grandchildren with trillions of dollars in debt. And we have to ask, to what end? To buy another term in office? To set even more record budget deficits? To gain some temporary political advantage? But we have to understand there's a price, right? If Biden gets another term in office, it's temporary, at worst, another four years. The debt, it isn't temporary. It's going to be a reality we all have to face long after Biden and his cronies are done. This is what is happening today, and this is what has to stop. We've said before, we're already at the point of no return. This pivot is signaling something very dangerous. So I think next year is going to be very tough. And we'll see where it ends. Well, it starts off when they get back. They get back on the ninth, the House, and the 19th is the first CR. This is why this audience has got to be at the ramparts where we have to give them the intellectual firepower. And this affects your life. This is why the APR and your credit card look no farther than the than the $1.2 trillion credit card debt. But I don't know, 10% is non-performing right now. I heard as high as 20% is non-performing. Think of your own life. I want to I want to go back though to the evidence. I got a couple of minutes here. I'm going to hold you through the break. I hold you to after the break. Powell and these guys had made such a big. They they had done so much massive spending at the beginning. So, so much Biden, another ten trillion dollars of spending on top of the seven trillion a year we're do, doing it. And 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 the federal government up forty percent in post pandemic spending just by itself as a baseline that they won't cut. They made a determination. Go back to those inflation numbers. He was adamant that we're going to take as long. And he said this just the last thing. We're going to take as long as it takes to wring inflation out of this. But you just made the comments on their core numbers. It's 50 percent over and one and 75 percent over in the core. They haven't come close. That's what was so shocking about this the other day. It shouldn't be lost on people. It came out the same day as the Bloomberg morning consult poll shows Trump up four and five points. And remember, they have a tough time polling Trump. So these are low numbers. He's up four or five points in every ba- every battleground state. They don't even they don't even poll Ohio, Iowa or Florida anymore. Those are 10 point spreads. He's up 10 points. And I think of Michigan, 11 points in Michigan. The numbers Biden nomics is crashed so much they don't talk about it. But go back. Here's the tell. 
These were the guys who were going to ring. They knew they had made a mistake. They were embarrassed about they made a mistake. They were humiliated about it, Philip. And they were on a jihad to ring inflation out of the system no matter how long it took. And voila, out of nowhere, uh, not just a pivot, but a pivot to tell people, hey, we're putting the punch bowl back even bigger and we got three times we're going to do it, sir. I mean, it's absolutely correct. Again, to run through those numbers, uh, headline inflation, 50% above the Fed's target. Core PCE, their preferred measurement, 75% uh, above their alleged target. So the Fed has a ton of work to do, and they've given up the fight. And they've given up the fight for exactly the reason that you said. They fear Trump. They're willing to do whatever they can do. And, and, and look, the Fed needs to be independent. That's the whole point of the Federal Reserve. This is not an independent Fed. They see Trump's poll numbers and they give up on the inflation fight. It's absurd. And they did it earlier in the year as well, right? They raised interest rates. They were getting a handle on inflation. The banks failed and they chose the banks over the American people. This Fed doesn't care about the American people. They're being incredibly political. And like I said, it reminds us of Burns under Nixon doing what had to be done to juice for the election. It's the same thing over and uh, all over again. And the difference is the stakes are much, much higher today. We're going to talk about the stakes. Yellen being a former Fed chair at Treasury, she knows where these pools of capital are. I think the 750 billion, 800 billion, almost a trillion in this emergency measures, they're using that. Uh, this is the whole bank capital uh, hearing they had last week. They want the banks, they're going to force the banks to buy more bonds. You've got the, the, the reverse repo market that's getting liquidity in there. This is why they can continue to not do quantitative easing, but they have other methodologies. And she's running, she's running a close... It's a close run thing, as the Brits say. Right. But yes. I want to go back. This ultimately is going to be for the, the purchasing power. The American people are, are taking this. This is why the BRICS are buying gold at record re levels. They say, hey, maybe the deplorables, maybe MAGA has to suck on this. But we don't. The purchasing power of the dollar thinks down 19 percent since Biden took over. But just give me uh, give me two minutes here. We'll hold you through the break. They're going to destroy the dollar. I mean, they kind of going to they 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 are saying that essentially out loud. We don't care about the dollar as a prime reserve currency. This is essentially emergency measure. We got to break the glass to stop Trump, sir. Yeah, it's, it's exactly correct. And it is so short sighted. And like you said, the dollar is plummeting. It's losing purchasing power. We have China and Russia who don't like the dominance of the dollar. But we're making an easy argument. There is a good financial argument. Forget the geopolitics. There's a good financial argument for people today to be dumping dollars, right? We're playing into their hands and we're making it easy. We're making the decisions easy. And, and it's not what we should be doing. If we look, lose a grip on global reserve currency, as you know, Steve, there is no coming back from that. And that's why I've always said, you know, if Trump gets in in 24, he's going to fix the problems that Biden has created to regain a grip on global reserve currency status. That's going to be very difficult. And I've always said Trump's 24 is going to be dependent on how much damage is done over the next nine or 10 months. And, and these guys can do a lot in a short space of time. So these are big problems. No, no. And these are this. Is what I keep saying about the face amount of the debt. You know, we just went through 34 trillion, added a trillion in 90 days, trailing 12 months, de uh, de total deficit, two and a half trillion. When you look at the real the, the trailing 12, it's 200 billion. Yep. As Philip walked through, it's 200 billion a month. We're going to add another trillion every five months. 
It's insanity. Uh, hang on for a short commercial break. Uh, Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go get all the information. End of the dollar empire. Totally free. You got to get up to speed. Four installments. Fifth we're working on. Plus talk to Philip Patrick and the team. Philip will join me after a short commercial break. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Philip uh, Patrick uh, joins us. Philip, I want... um, and so just this is for all the audience, everything we've covered, the end of the dollar empire, all the things we're talking about, the converging forces that have been driving up the price of gold to record rates. That's before this. This is something that wouldn't happen. And, and Navarro walked through and P, uh, Philip alluded to it. They called the political economic cycle, where in every election year, you always have more government spending. They're always trying to juice it. It's just natural human tendency to want to goose this. Uh, no, not like the level Arthur Burns with Nixon. That was quite different. But here, it's an order of magnitude different. We're talking about something that will leave permanent carnage onto the balance sheet of this country, onto the dollar, uh, on the face. I mean, these will be decades to unwind, and it's all because of the fear of Trump, the fear of the MAGA movement. They've come all in that you have the unit, you have the lawfare part with national security and law enforcement in the courts. You see that you have the biopharmaceutical. And this is where who knows what they're going to drop again. But you saw where 20 percent of the American people in the response and poll said, I, che- I, I broke the law on the mail in ballots and they want to go back to mail in ballots. And the third here is the central bank. Uh, and it's because I'm part of it, I'm sure, is that. On the end of the dollar empire, the fourth installment was we talked about, hey, just an executive order got us off the gold standard. That might have to be reviewed. A bunch of new services picked it up. I'm also a big name in ending the Federal Reserve, and they know that. And they understand that MAGA, you know, was, is, is tired of this fiat currency. Philip, closing thoughts, but particularly I want people more than ever to go to you guys to immerse yourself in all the information we've made available on the site, but also to talk to your people about, quite frankly, why gold's been a hedge for 5,000 years. And, hey, baby, 
The turbulence you're about to see is like nothing we've seen in modern American history. Sir, where do they go? It's very simple. Birchgold.com forward slash Bannon. Again, birchgold.com. Uh, com forward slash Bannon. Um, really good information. Not only the, the four reports, we're working on a fifth installment, but also, you know, guides on how to purchase precious metals, both through a retirement account as well as cash. So just as you say, always immerse yourself in the information. At the very least, you'll leave a little bit more informed and uh, at, at best heading into next year with some good no, protection. In, after getting the, the end of the dollar empire and going through all four, and you don't have to be an economist. So we've tried to make this so that for a, for a curious people, you'll, you'll understand enough. But also talk to Philip and the team. And this, I'm very serious on the Warpath coffee. That You know, it's my, my baby. But I mean it. Brew a big pot of coffee. And after you talk to Philip and the team and after you've gotten all the information on the site, you go to warpath.coffee slash worm to get your discounts, particularly the dark roast. I want you to cut off the TV and the streaming services. I want you to cut off the phone. I want you to cut off the iPad, and I want you to tell the kids, go outside and play. Now more than ever, particularly on this topic, you need to spend time just with yourself after you've got the information and think things through for yourself. You're free men and free women. Take a big hit of that coffee. You've got what the Birch Gold guys told you. Think about it and just think about it because decisions are going to be made in this country right now that you need to be up to speed on. The economics, because it ties directly and actually undergirds the political, but also in your own personal life. Because this is, we are heading into ter- times that are so turbulent, it's unbelievable. Philip, how they get to you on social media? You, you're, you're terrific, and our audience loves the fact you put in so much time to help the war room out. It's really simple at Philip Patrick on Getter. At Philip Patrick on Getter. Philip, thank you and the entire team. We're working on the fifth going to drop another bomb here hopefully early in the new year thank you sir and a merry christmas we'll have we'll have philip on between now and then what a good guy the team over there uh go today go check it out go to the site get all the free information talk to one of the advisors okay we're at amfest uh i am going to um give a uh, keynote address on Sunday. We're going to be live on the show Monday and Tuesday. May try to get up and try to do some stuff tomorrow. Check us out on Getter. Um, if we're going to do it, if we can do it, if there's availability. I want to thank the guys for making it available today. Um, we'll see you at AmFest and on Getter throughout the weekend. Modern day holy war. Lady Nogrady, she'll be at AmFest. She's up today, I think, at the Clay, uh, Clay Clark Reawaken America. Okay. We'll see you this afternoon. See you tomorrow live with my speech. We'll be covering it live. Until then, you've been in the war room.
Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.